Good to see you this morning. Okay, good. So I've got a couple of um, mobiles here. One that oh, I hope will um, move these things along and the other one, just because I saw this story. Thanks, Jesse, for reading those scriptures for me. We are going to come to that in just a minute. Um, I don't know about you, but right now, trying to get in and out of Bath is a little bit challenging. I think for the next two weeks, it's going to be almost impossible. Where we live, we've been told you won't be able to get down this road, down this road, down this road. And by the way, if you think you want to go over there, too bad because there's also road work. So this is going to be very challenging for us in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but this week particularly, I thought, you know what? It's only me. I just want to nip into town. I'll do the good thing. I'll catch a bus. <laughs> Number two, I gave myself an hour to get into town. And usually I can walk it in 25, but I was going to walk loads that day. So I thought, no, I'll catch the bus to begin with. So um, I'd made an appointment in town because I needed my tablet mended. Now, if anybody's heard of Share and Repair, they're a fabulous little shop at the top of Milsom Street. Anything you want to get seen or made mended electric, give them a shout first, because you give donations to charity and you keep recycling what you've already got. Rather, the minute you take anything electrical into a, a shop like Curry's, or, they just tell you, oh, it's, you may as well buy a new one. And you're thinking, well, I don't want to buy a new one. Mine's only a few years old, and I just would like to try and keep it going a bit longer. So, you know, you get that kind of thing. So I thought, no, I'm going into town, going to go to share and repair, and I gave myself an hour to do it, catching the bus. Of course, bless you, Jesus, the number two didn't come. There was me and the lady standing there having a guess when the number two was next going to come. It didn't come as it should have come. It didn't turn up at all. I said to myself, okay, the next one's at 10.30. But then this one came at 25 past 10. So I stood there thinking, are you late or are you early? But whatever, we're going to get on your bus. So I got on the bus. And then I was thinking to myself, why didn't I take the car? Well, I didn't want to take the car because one of the problems with the car is I hate that MIP permit parking. Right? Hey, let me have a hallelujah, so do I. Because, quite frankly, you need a computer degree to sort out your parking these days, don't you? Anyway, there was me thinking, well, I can't get my head around it. I'm just being lazy. But the thing is, I read this article the other week, and I thought, I can, I can understand how that is easily done. This was in the papers recently. Woman charged nearly 60 pounds whilst trying to park in Bath. And the story goes, she inadvertently signed up to a hormone website <laughs> while trying to use the MIP permit. I mean, I don't know how you do that, but sometimes things flash in as you're trying to get something sorted, and you press this, and before you know it, you're onto a website thinking, oh, I don't want that. And then you're scrolling through, and all you want to do is park your car. So this dear lady, she accidentally signed up to a, hormone, a healthy hormones website, and she ended up spending 60 quid. I don't even know if she paid for her parking. I mean, that'd be really insulting, isn't it? By the time you get there, you get a ticket as well as belonging to the healthy hormones website. But not that I'm plugging healthy hormones website. I got, I, don't ask me. I don't know. You know. Anyway. We will get onto godly things in a second. Here we go. So Acts 1, verses uh, 1 to 5, Jesus talking to his disciples about leaving them, but he had a replacement, and maybe that was news to them. Do you think about that? You know, um, because they knew of the, the Spirit, because they knew from the Old Testament times that the Spirit would fall on people for certain times and occasions. Uh, but here's Jesus saying, okay, it's now my time to leave you. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. When somebody has a very limited time on earth, they want to just tell you the most important things in their final few days, don't they? 
And that's when they're saying to you, heads up. And it's in those conversations and those moments that, that you realize that's the thing most important to them. You know, nobody died and went to heaven so that we should spend more time in the office, you know. Um, and so therefore, Jesus was saying to his disciples, I'm going to leave you, but there's a replacement. And his name is the Holy Spirit. I think it was kind of news to them. They go, okay, okay. And he said to them, uh, this would be a continuation of all that I was to you. Oh, it's decided to lock itself. Can you just put me on to the next one? To the next slide. Thank you very much. And Jesus said, these are the things he's going to do. He will teach you, as Joe prayed earlier. He will teach you. He will remind you. He will lead you into all truth. He'll convict you. He'll guide you. He'll give you power. He'll enable you to witness. Those were just some of the things Jesus told them in a couple of verses. There's more than that. It's not an exhaustive list, but that's a pretty good start. Basically, he was saying there's going to be a continuation of what's happening. I was with you physically, but now the Holy Spirit's going to be here with you. But he's going to do the stuff I was doing and in a, just in a different way, just in a different way. He's also going to tell you the future. Well, wouldn't we all like that? Would you like to know your future? Some people don't. Some people do. It's funny, isn't it? Perhaps the older you get, no, you don't. But the younger you are, yes, please. So it's funny, isn't it? We're like, oh, not, so much, not so much. But um, the, the fact is, is that the future fascinates people. Whether you're a Christian, you have a faith in God, or people of no faith, they do want to know. And sometimes it really makes people go down all sorts of different roads because they're very interested in the other world. They're very interested in the future. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth and he will help you talk about the future. A few weeks ago, AJ was up the front here and he spoke about his time in India, which I didn't know he'd been to India. Wasn't that interesting? But he gave a story of, because he was talking on counterfeit, and he gave a story of, of how somebody came and prayed for him and gave him this big word that, quite frankly, was so heavy for him, it, it didn't produce good fruit in his life. And it made him struggle a lot and eventually he had to go and get prayer. And somebody said to him, dude, that word that guy gave you wasn't of God. And it's a bit upsetting to think that from time to time you can be in a godly place and hear something that actually isn't of God. You're thinking, what's that about? But actually, I want to just put a balance into this and that's say that out. Let me just tell you, the good outweighs the bad, because I know that there are many, many times where the prophetic is really good and we do need to hear God speak to us. You see, people that are looking for the future, they go down the, the rabbit holes and the different dead-end roads. That's what the scripture says, actually, in Romans, that they're dead-end roads leading to captivity, not freedom, of spiritism, clairvoyance, Ouija boards, tarot cards. You can even stick horoscopes on there if you want. But, I mean, at the end of the day, people are searching for something because they're wanting to know, oh, you know, even like for next week or the week after or, you know, wonder what's going to happen. People are fascinated about the future. But God says the Holy Spirit knows and we know and we are learning to trust and lean into him. So I believe that God gives us the prophetic, but he also gives us what Malk spoke on last week and Jenny mentioned it and so did others, a gift of discernment. We do need to grow in that more and more in this day and age because you're going to be told, you see that picture, you see that story, false news. 
amount of time I see some stuff on things and I verify my stories. And actually, BBC Channel has even started BBC Verify. In other words, we're having to check out these stories on your behalf because some of them are not true. The pictures don't match them. And that doesn't, that's the wrong country. That was years ago. That's not now. No, they didn't say that. Isn't it scary? We're beginning to not know. Now, I think this common sense that God gave us, praise God for that. But also, I believe he gives you the gift of discernment. Like Malk said, we need to pray, Lord, can you dial that up in our lives and hearts? Because we really need to understand and give us discernment what's happening here. And he gives us discernment to distinguish between the powers of good and the powers of bad, evil spirits and good spirits, prophetic words and the counterfeit. I rarely hear the counterfeit, but I do want to hear more of the prophetic. I value it. I certainly know Malcolm and I have had key moments in our lives. I've wrote about it uh, in, my, in the book that I've written about where God led us to in Greece. It was a prophetic word as to where we would live. And I couldn't, I mean, you just feel, I feel bad when I say I can't believe that it happened, but it did. God led us to what somebody told us in Belfast that never knew us, didn't know really where we were going, to exactly where we would live. When I stood on the balcony of where we then went to live, I thought that's what this guy said he was going to take us to, and we were there. So I've been on the receiving end of very good, directive, prophetic words. Also, from time to time, we've been able to give people those things. Sometimes my heart goes, ba-dum, 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 but I do believe God speaks. And therefore, sometimes I say, I just feel the Lord is saying this, okay? Um, and I think it's perhaps more the delivery of how things are given sometimes than other things. You know, you go to some cultures and they're screaming down the microphone before you even start. So when the word of the Lord comes, somehow it has to double in sound and you're screaming at the top of your voice and there's a lot of woo. And you're thinking, okay, you know, and, and perhaps naturally we recoil from that in our culture. Um, but here's the thing. We mustn't confuse what we haven't experienced or what we don't understand to be bad. Because sometimes when God is about and doing things, it, it could take us out of our comfort zones. We might think, oh, not sure. Why aren't you sure? Is it a gift of discernment? Is it thinking, is this you, Lord, or is it not? Or is it just because it's been presented in a different way? I certainly know from time to time when God's been in the room in different countries we've been in and different moments, the emotions, the laughter, the tears, the deep groanings that you hear, you think, ah, wow, this is really, it's like, it feels like, well, it's not in our control, that's for sure. But something in you feels, this is good, this is God. And we need that. And why am I talking about it today? Because I do believe as a church, we're on a journey about the, into the presence of God. And, and, you know, we're in our worship times. We're in our prayer times. We keep touching. We keep dipping. I feel as if we keep being taken to, towards something here. And it's the presence of God. So a directional word if it ever comes to you just a thing to, to say go away pray about it uh, chat it through with a wise friend or a leader uh, you don't have to act on it straight away you can sit on it for a while because if it's of god it will definitely come through but jesus said the holy spirit said does this he says in john 16 he will only tell you what he has heard he won't speak his own words 
and he will bring glory to the Father and the Son. That's, the, that's his function. That's the character. Guidance. That's the other thing. He said, Jesus said he would guide you. Wow. We got loads of scriptures in the Bible, haven't we? You can think of a verse. Just give me a verse now about direction and the Lord. Anybody? What comes to mind when I say the word guidance? Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, he, he makes you pastorate. There's tons in the word about guidance. The one I've picked out was Isaiah 30, verse 21. Right behind you, you'll hear a voice saying, this is the way you should go. He does know. You will never hear from the Lord. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Never. <laughs> he knows. He is the alpha and the, the beginning and the, and everything in between. He has this. We can trust him. He knows. And he says, trust me in my guidance. I will do these things for you, and I will lead you in the way that you should go. You'll hear this voice, not to the left or to the right. You'll hear God's voice leading you. We can trust him in the way that we should go. Sometimes you can wrestle in life, don't you, with these situations. You think, oh, you come into something, and you think, ah, is this the Lord or is it not? So here... My friend that was with us last week, Liz, she tried um, three or four different police forces to get into. She really wanted to be in the police. She went through all of the um, inductions, all the stuff and the training. She applied to, to try and get into the police force. She got through every time. And every time she got back was, I'm sorry, you've, you've passed all of these tests, but we, we don't need you right now. We've got our capacity, blah, blah, blah. This was some time ago, by the way. Anyway, she tried one more police force and she'd gone through all the necessary hoops and the final thing she was going to do was the physical. That night, she was out with the youth group. They were in the park and she jumped for a, a frisbee and she landed heavily and she did her knee in really badly. And the church that she belonged to had a fantastic thing called Healing Rooms, which we were part of in Northern Ireland. Brilliant little thing that happened on a Sunday night in our church where a, a group of people regularly made themselves available for one hour on a Sunday for people to come in and get prayer for healing. We saw some incredible answers to prayer, I have to tell you. And she hobbled along to one of those. And the whole part of healing rooms isn't you just don't go straight ahead and pray for somebody. There's three people that will pray for you. And they'll discern first what they want to pray about. So when you go in, you, do, you are opening yourselves up a little bit to whatever God wants to say to you, you know. And of course, in she hobbles with a bad knee and they, they're very quiet. And, and bless her heart, one of these little ladies said to her, oh, I'm just beginning to wonder if the Lord isn't saying to you, is he perhaps saying to you you shouldn't be going into the police force? Well, she didn't like that, actually, at the time. She thought, I came in here to get prayer for a knee, not directional, you know, whatever. But anyway, she hobbled out and she thought about it. And then she realized the Lord did not want her to go into the police. You have to admire her tenacity. She tried three or four times in different police forces before she got the message. But you know what? She's not on her own on that front because Paul and Silas, they tried several times to get into Asia. This is what it tells us in Acts. 16 verse 6, they said, well, we want to go into minor Asia. And God said, no. The Holy Spirit said, no. He said, well, okay, blah, blah, blah. We'll go somewhere else. But then we'll try and go. And the Holy Spirit said, no. 
that's minor Asia, that same place that you've chosen. Oh, you want to go there? No. Sometimes God says no. He's not Father Christmas. Just go, yes, 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 yes. You know, sometimes he says no, and he says it for a reason. You know, he says, actually, not now. That's, that's not a good idea. That's not a good choice. That's not. And sometimes he says no. And the biggest thing when God says no is to go with him because he knows best. Let it go and trust him that he will lead you into better things and good things. There's tons of times where I wish I had, had this had happened or that had happened in that particular time. It just didn't. But then when you look back, hindsight's a beautiful thing. You think, ah, I get it. Yeah. The Lord had a different plan and a different purpose for me. And I'm okay with him saying no. What parent gives their kid everything they want? Nobody. Well, we don't. <laughs> we didn't. We're the bad parents. Um, you know, you can't because they don't know what's good for them. You know, little ones skip around. They all have sweets all day and biscuits still. Woo! We know that's not a good idea. You can't eat sweets and biscuits. That's not a healthy diet. And the same thing when it comes to spiritual things with God. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He'll direct you. We can trust him for everything. And when I stand here and I say it, I want to put a mirror up my face because I'm exactly like you. I sometimes think, oh, I wonder what's going to happen X, Y, Z. I do. But I have to learn, okay, Lord, I'm in your hands. I will trust you to guide me because Jesus said, that's what your Holy Spirit will do. And then there's... The otherness of God is what I've put down. I, it's hard to explain it. And I think I don't even, yeah, the otherness of God. This is an aspect of the Holy Spirit. There is a realm which the Old Testament writers portrayed frequently. And John and Patmos in Revelations wrote about it. We try to describe in human words what God's glory looks like. And we can't. We just can't. Because it's full of mystery, it's full of majesty, and it's simply another supernatural world. I wrote down the scripture of Nahum 1, verses 2 to 9, but you can take anything from the Old Testament that talks about the heavens thundering and the rocks splitting and the massive roar of sounding like this and like that, because that's the revelation they had of God. And you sometimes wonder that God is so immeasurably beyond us that we can't be, and we mustn't be guilty of dumbing him down to our level to worship or understand him. We won't be able to. We sang that chorus, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the king of kings. That's, that's our perspective. That's how we position ourselves. But the otherness and the real supernatural realm is real. Once in a while, you will get glimpses of it. I know I did, and I have. And I know when my mama was dying, literally in the final few hours, as I sat with her, well, it wasn't that long, actually, the final time I was with her, and uh, I sang her. We were singing together. She was deeply unconscious, really, but she, I could feel she was counting the beat of um, Bless the Lord, O oh My Soul. So I sang it. I held her hand. 
And you know what? You know, sometimes towards the end, the breathing gets really heavy and noisy. And I said to mom, come on, I'm going to pray, mommy, that this quietens down. And so I held her hand. We started to sing the song. And her breathing instantly came into a lovely, quiet rhythm. And I could feel that she was worshipping with me. I could feel it. And on that third verse, when it says, and on that day, when my strength is failing, the end is near and the time has come. My mum went on that line. I sat there and I thought, I think you've just stopped breathing. And you know what? In that second, I felt I could walk into another realm. Honestly, it was that close. And I knew. I felt his presence. I sat there for a second. Was I sad? Not at that point, no. I was filled with absolute joy and wonder. I thought, I can't believe you've gone on that line, in that way. Praising right in to his presence. Way to go, mum. I'm booking one of those for me. If he hasn't come back by then, because I keep thinking he will. But that's the otherness of God. That realm is real. And it's there. We just can't see it. But it's there. And I tell you what, he says to me, let me take you. We're not too off, none of us, to learn another realm of moving in his presence. Because it's there. It's Sometimes a bit scary, but it's okay. He's got it. He has got it. There's an otherness of God. I hope we can all go on a journey as a church and discover more. It's beyond words. You can't put it into human words, but it's there. And in that moment, that's when we see a move of God. That's when we see this area, Fox Hill, turned upside down and inside out. It's not impossible. Everything's possible in God. God, I don't know where or when God decides to move or why he doesn't. When I know people have dedicated themselves for years to pray for revival and they don't really see a lot happen. And yet when I'm reading the stories of how God starts moving, sometimes people just literally gather and there, it, it just happens. So there is this supernatural element of when God decides it's time, not us, but God decides it's time, he ups the ante. And wow, we could see a, a whole community transformed. And we believe in that, don't we? We pray for it. We believe it. That's why we're here. That's why we love the people and do the things that we do. Because we know this isn't it. This is not it. I don't know what this is sometimes on our Sundays. Maybe it's just the taster sessions you have at the beginning of a meal. Oh, that was tasty. I like that. You know, Sunday mornings can never be. It's very difficult Sunday mornings to, to really let go. Because it's a glorious compromise most Sundays because we've got little ones and we have other obligations on Sunday mornings. I get that. But if we can go to the next one, please, where we say, um, this is, yeah, I just wanted to say about, God moving and, and creating space and time. But in the otherness, this is where God and his angelic hosts live. I believe when we worship, the angels help us to adore him. That's what the hymn says, and I believe it too. But revival and a move of God and knowing his presence starts uh, with awaiting. And it says here, John 20, verses 22, where Jesus breathed on them. And then said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he told them it was going to happen. 
He described what it would look like. Then he did something quite active. He just breathed in them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it's funny how uh, that move of the Holy Spirit didn't happen then. What did they have to do after he'd breathed on them? Because they, he then told them to do something very important. And this is where we began. So we're going to finish where we began. Let's have a look. It said, we heard this a few minutes ago in Acts. He said, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised for which you have heard about. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You never knew when God said a few days, <laughs> could be a long time. But actually, praise God, it was 40 and suddenly, there was a, it was a suddenly of God in that room, in that moment, in that time, and in that space. But Jesus had breathed on them days before and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I think there is a, context, I think there is a kind of connection between receiving and saying, I receive that, Lord, thank you. And possibly, at a later time, God turning up and going, boom, there it is. And that's your, like a baptism. Wow. And... Well, we've spoken on the Holy Spirit the last couple of weeks. Why? Because we want to tag and, I, and recognize and identify the fact that we, we sense his presence more in this gathering since the beginning of this year. And we don't uh, want to do anything that manipulates, but we simply want to say we, we, are, we are calling it, Lord. We're recognizing that you're pouring out and allowing your Holy Spirit to, to come to us in a greater time, in a greater presence. And when he comes, so much gets sorted in his presence. So much. Mind, body, spirit. People get healed. Relationships get restored. All sorts of things can be changed when the power of his presence really comes. And all he wants us to do is be agreeable to it, desire a move of God, be open to him coming into our own hearts and our own lives saying, okay, I receive that. And we will trust you, Lord, for what you want to do. So I, the reason why I put weight up there is this, is that Sunday mornings is difficult to do that. We can do it and we do do it, but actually it, it, it takes sometimes other things. That's why we do our prayer meetings. That's why from time to time we put on Sunday evenings to give more time and space for God to speak and move. And I don't know what he's going to do amongst us, but I do want him to do something. Because we want to see God move powerfully in this community and beyond. And what's more, we need it. Goodness me, there's enough in our world to drag you down and make you feel, ugh. But God... And that's why I love coming on a Sunday. That's why I love our worship. We lift our eyes above the hills, above our circumstances. And we're saying right now, this is for you, Jesus. That's why we love the little ones in our church. We don't want to bundle them off first thing. We love it when they hang around. I don't, we don't mind little noise. That's a healthy thing to have, kiddies in the house. Amen? And we love it because... They're, they're coming into the atmosphere of God's family and God's house. And when you dedicated your little ones, that's what you said you were going to do. Bring them. 
bit tougher when they're teenagers, we know, getting them out of bed. Getting out of bed is the first thing we should say. <laughs> make, you, make you pledge. Come on, Chet. Come on, Jesse. We'll get you to pledge that when Harry's 13 and doesn't want to get out of bed, you're going to pull the covers up, open the curtains, <laughs> and say there's donuts at church today. It's, it's bribery. It's great. It works. Um, but, yeah, that's why we want to see God do stuff, because we are a family, and we want to see and we desire God to move. Yeah? So we've spoken on the Holy Spirit for the last couple of weeks because we just wanted to remind you that we don't want to go through the motions like this week in, week out of just, well, this is what you do on a Sunday. Nah, you know, we're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. We're here to be um, envisioned, filled, encouraged, cheered on, patched up if need be so that we can be effective witnesses. And Jesus said, this is why you need it, because he's going to empower you to become witnesses. Witnesses, where you are, your place of work, with your neighbors, with your friends. Just be Jesus to them. That's okay. We don't have to run around giving out tracts or doing the ABCs every two minutes. No, some people can, other people can't. That's all right. Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. But he's promised he will enable you to become witnesses to the ends of the earth. Amen? So forget the story of uh, the um, 60-pound thing the lady was out of pocket at the beginning. Jesus will never shortchange you. Ding. Um, but the fact is, is that we really want his presence more in our gatherings. And I mean, so for instance, when we're leading worship, you might think, why aren't we going on to the next song? Well, we're waiting. We're listening. Because like when I lead worship, I sometimes have this image of like, honestly, I do, like, a, like a, an eagle soaring. And it, it goes into the thermals. And that's where I want us to go you know, in our spirits, like, you know, yeah, we have songs, yes, we have lists, but listen, we want the Holy Spirit to lead us. So very practically, sometimes for me, it's like little says, don't do that song, leave that one out, sing this instead. 